and we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm Dylan Bird here, along with my co-hosts Ryan Winthrop and Jordan Heffler, and we are live for the first time in two weeks. I'm happy to be here, guys. Happy to be live. Like I always say, one of my favorite parts is to interact with the audience. So, third draft, third time's the charm. Let's do this. Good morning, guys. Yeah, we got uh, our third casting draft. So you know that we're doing in this off season, and how fitting is it that our third casting draft is third time, third times a charm? I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I think I think that's the it's the perfect way to have the third casting draft. Can't do any other way. Yeah, no. I think when you think of casting drafts, people always want to see second chance to heroes versus villains to, and then I think you hear some fan created seasons like this third times a charm because there's a lot of people we want to see have another chance maybe their third and final chance to get the million. Yeah, for sure. And like normal, I'm going to start by going over the rules and guidelines of this, of this particular theme. Um, And I'm going to preface it by saying that I don't, so we always say we want to make the most realistic cast, um, something that actually could happen if this season were to happen. Um, And yeah, I think we're, you know, there's, there's a very limited amount of people that could fit our criteria here. So you know, there's only so much realistic. There's, we can only go so far in terms of realism here. Um, I, but I do think a lot of these players that we're going to select are players that could definitely play again at some point. Um, third time to charm is the type of season that I don't think we'll actually ever see. But I think it's very fun to fantasize about. And I think that a lot of these players will be back, like I had said before. So I'm going to start by going over the rules. So the first rule that we have is that obviously it, obviously it has to be their third time playing. Um has to be a player that's played twice is coming back for a third time the next one cannot be a winner they cannot have won their season just like second chance um where it was basically all people coming back for a second time and none of them had won so it's basically the same rules as second chance except for a third chance you know third chance third time's a charm here and the second thing is people who are on second chance are allowed to be back for third time's a charm um there's only a limited amount of people that fit our guidelines here uh, and have played twice without winning. So we're going to have it so that people from second chance are definitely allowed. And the order for tonight, um, as the rigged ram- randomizer will say, uh, goes me, then Hef, and then Ryan. We're not going to do a snake draft for this one tonight. We're doing three tribes, uh, six people each, three men, three women. And then we'll at the end, we'll go with um, our honorable mentions as normal. Ready to get started. Ready to get started. And thanks, Alyssa, in the chat. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right. So I do have the first pick here. Um, very big anticipated pick here. So there's many ways I could go. Many players who I think deserve a third chance and deserve to be on this season. But I got to go with a little, this is the F, this is the Y, and I'm everything in between. Johnny Fairplay is my first pick. You know, Fairplay, definitely one of the best players never to win. Um played an outstanding game in Pearl Islands, you know, probably a top five to seven season of all time in Survivor. I'm trying to scroll and find, all right, here we go. <laughs> uh, probably uh, top five to seven season, if not higher, all time Pearl Islands. He comes in third place, um, easily could have won had he not lost the last immunity challenge, played pretty much a new school game in season seven, which is so crazy came back for Micronesia and quit the game basically or, or told people to vote him out first because he missed his daughter. I've been waiting to see Johnny Fairplay get a second, get a, get a third chance. And this is the perfect season to have him back. F, what do you think about Fairplay? I mean, you know, I love characters. So Fairplay is up there with one of my favorite characters I've ever seen. I model my game after him because when I'm on Survivor, I'm gonna make a huge lie like him that'll make everybody empathize with me. So fair play, I love I love that move. I know you get a lot of hate for it, but fair play, fair play is one of my uh, underrated favorite players. Half, if you would like, I give you permission. If you go on Survivor, you can say, uh, "Oh, how's my podcast host Ryan, dude? He died, man." Uh, <laughs> I give you permission, but. No, obviously, I love Johnny Fairplay. If you guys didn't take him, I was going to. And I have a feeling we'll probably see him at least one more time on um, one of our ballots, whether it's a potential rivals or a potential legends or whatnot. We'll definitely see Fairplay again, either on our ballots or the show. But yeah, when you make up the dead grandma lie that makes national headlines, you know you're in the history books of Survivor. 
Um, obviously, he's also known for blindsiding Rupert. But an underrated move that I want to bring up that people might, might not remember from Pearl Islands is in the pre-merge. They have a gross food eating challenge where they kind of like put everything into a smoothie and kind of like um, mesh it up and people have to drink it. And yeah, on, I know what you're going to say. I'm very... And on the Drake tribe, they, they find out that Michelle... I don't remember her last name. Michelle, she is actually really good with gross food. So Fairplay comes up with the scheme to say, when you get your drink, pretend that you hate it. So when we have to do a tiebreaker round, they'll pick you and then you scarf it down and we'll win hands down. And then Michelle messes up the plan and then they vote her out. But even the little things before the grandma lie, Fairplay was making the moves. So love to see Fairplay on this ballot. Do you guys know what? I believe this is a big word. I, let me see if I'm pronouncing it right. An anachronism, I believe. It's a object that is out of is in a different like out of its time. That that's fair play, like yeah. in human form, honestly, because he he's a season anywhere twenty to forty new school type player that played in season seven. It was so amazing to see him play. Uh, I would absolutely you know love to see it. And before we move on, I just want to remind everyone that comment about our picks, whether it's, you know, on, in the YouTube comments and the live comments, comment who, uh, what you think of our picks, who you think should be selected and we'll be reading them. So on to you, Ryan, uh, or no half, half rather. I'm last. <laughs> so guys, in my opinion, there were only two locks to play for a third time. If there was a third chance season, one of them is Johnny Fairplay, And one of them is one of my boys. No, it's not Tyson. It's not Tony. His name is Spencer Bledsoe, the, se- the, the second smartest player to ever to ever play Survivor behind Yul Kwan. I mean, I just go coconuts over this guy. He is so smart. He's made it to the final four both times he's played. He didn't get he didn't get too far because he made some pretty sour relationships. And but this guy's strategy is unparalleled. He plays from the bottom every single time. Somehow, it makes it so far in the game because he's so smart and. He is who I would model my game off of. I know I mentioned fair play. I'd make a big lie like him. But, you know, I'm not really a person-to-person guy. I'm more of a strategy guy. And Spencer Bledsoe has to be there. As Tony calls him, the young lad. <laughs> Back on the season. And we, ha- we had him on the Heroes Tribe. But, I, you know, if we're, if we're going to do, you know, that's last casting draft. If we're going to do a third time as a charm season, Spencer's got to be on the, gone on the list. And there's no doubt about that. All right. On to you, Ryan. All right, on to me. Coming to you live from the Amazon, it's Rob Sesternino. If anybody has not watched Survivor Amazon, you must go back and watch it immediately. Do your old school homework, get your notebooks out, let's go. If we are talking about people who changed the game, you know, before Immunity Idols, before Russell Hans, before Advantages, Rob Sesternino was not only changing the way the game was played, but the way confessionals were done. He knew this was a TV show and he had sound bites for days. I could go on and on, but one very big example is he votes out Butch at the final four, who is infamous for collecting a lot of firewood, holds up his vote and says, I don't think all the firewood in the jungle will keep your torch lit tonight, buddy. Basically, Rob Sesternino is incredible. We all, all are big fans of Rob has a podcast, but... Essentially, Rob invented some of the strategies you see today. He invents picking up stray votes like Dina and like Matt, Matthew, and he pulls them to his side and he has the numbers. And then he turns on them when he realizes they don't have as much use to me or the tribe kind of wants them gone. He also makes a big flip at the final seven. He it kind of invents voting, voting out the uh, swing vote in Christy at the final six. Christy's like... Do I go with the guys? Do I go with the girls? Rob actually approaches her before tribal and says, do you know what voting? And she's like, I'll make my mind up when I get there. I'll maybe see what happens, flip a coin. And Rob's like, you know what? Let's all vote her out. Vote out the flip vote. If he gets to the end of Amazon, he wins. And that's why he's the uh, fourth person voted out of All-Stars because Boston Rob saw him as a big threat. So I don't know if Rob would ever come back to the podcast, but I want to see Rob Sesternino play in the modern era because I think he is one of the best to never win. Yeah, completely agree. And like you said, he was so good in season six that he, you know, Rob and Amba voted, vote him out at uh, right away in all stars. So I'd love to see him back. I think also just listening to him over the years on Rob has a podcast. It'd be so interesting to just see him back after what, after he's had all these opinions we've heard all of his opinions on every single season for years. 
it'd be so great to see him back out there. And I think, you know, it is possible. I think we'll, we'll have to see. Hopefully he would walk away from the podcast for one season to be on it. So we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> There's always rumbling. There's always rumblings that, you know, oh, he'll, they'll bring him back. He wants to come back. I, I, I can see it going either way, but I want to see him back. I believe I could be wrong. I believe he was at, and you know, somebody in the comments could correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he was asked back for game changers. I could be wrong. Um, and he, he's definitely been asked back. That's, that's for sure. Um, so we'll have to see if he decides to accept one of these days. Rob, we will guest host your podcast this season. That you <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if he wants, he, he wants to hand over the keys to us, we'll hop on with fish back for sure. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> and he, Anyway, uh, yeah, so no snake draft tonight, so it is my pick again. Uh, I have an interesting pick here. Uh, I'm gonna have to go very, very old school on this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jenna Lewis as my Ooh, okay second selection. Uh, let's get to her here. So Jenna Lewis, one of the one of the original Survivor players on. You know, season one comes back for all stars in season eight and goes all the way to the final three with Robin Amber and unfortunately couldn't overcome the bond between Robin Amber, you know, to get to get to that final two where she I think she easily would have had a chance to beat Rob based on how many people on the jury were, you know, were bitter about him. Uh, She came in eighth place season one, just one of those old school players that you would love to see back. And, you know, I hope it happens and she's only played twice and it'd be one of those. I love seeing like in winners, in winners at war. I love when people, I love when players like Amber and Ethan, you haven't seen them since all stars. It's been 16 years since they've played survivor. And now you're seeing them back. This is, that's what it would be like with Jenna Lewis. So that is my pick. And I think she deserves a third chance. Dylan, I was going to say the yeah, same no, thing. I can- I like what, oh, sorry, Ryan. I like, I like when, um, I like when players you haven't seen in a really long time are thrown into the new school survivor, just like you said. So love the pickup, love the pick right there. Yeah. I was just going to piggyback on and say that this is one of the reasons why we all like to see Jervis back in blood versus water. Cause that was the first time we really saw somebody from season one come back after all those years. Cause this predated Kelly Wigglesworth coming back on second chance, but everybody wanted to see Jervis back after 26 seasons. And he's like, look, I was the guy who couldn't eat the 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 worm or the grub, and I'm back now. I'm here with my niece, and he was obviously a big personality on the show. So I'm always down for these old school players coming back into the modern era. Always, yeah, for sure. And we will move on now. Hef has another pick. I mean, Ryan, now that you bring up Jervis and Blood versus Water, why why not bring Laura Moret back back into the game, huh? Laura Moret. Bonafide challenge beast. This girl knows how to bring home the bacon. She was a stud in every single challenge, and that's why she got voted out early. Now she's more famous for getting out, getting voted out by her own daughter. But Laura Moret was a powerhouse in season 19, an absolute beast on Redemption Island in Blood versus Water. And then when she came back into the game as well, I would love to see her get a third chance. Yeah, for sure. Um and like, and you remember when we were on, we were on with Russell making the bracket and Russell's like, when I was on Samoa, I knew Laura was a huge threat. I had to get her out. Like she's extremely good. Um, so yeah, she was, you know, she was good enough in season 19 for Russell to see her as a threat early merge. Um, then come season 27 where she's winning every single immunity challenge, gets sent to her, de- gets sent to her redemption Island, comes back immunities again. And look, I'd love to, I'd love to see her back as well. Yeah, no, you guys summed up perfectly. Laura Moret is great. Thank you, Ryan. All right, on to Ryan's pick. Okay, let's see. I'm going to go with somebody who a lot of people say is one of the queens of confessionals and is a very popular player, uh, Courtney, Courtney Yates from China. Courtney basically, everybody, when you think of Courtney, you think of her confessionals. Basically, John Robert, I'm voting for you because when you snore or something, somebody's choking a walrus. Denise, um, no one wants to take her to the end because she kind of sucks at life. Todd is definitely faking about a sister. That is not the Johnny Fair play. My grandma died. So Courtney is such an amazing character on the show. And that's why she was back for Heroes vs. Villains the first time. And she was a great villainess. If we ever go into... You know, one of our podcast ideas about, you know, rewriting history or going over different parts of Survivor history, 
it'd be very interesting to see what happens in the merge of heroes versus villains if Russell and his crew decide to vote out Sandra instead of Courtney, because they make a big decision there to bring Sandra to the merge, and we all know Sandra wins. I kind of want to see what happens if Courtney gets to the merge. Does she link back up with Amanda? Does Courtney go way under the radar and is a threat to win? Either way, Courtney is hysterical, and I think a lot of people would want to see her back. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you read, uh, if you, I'm not sure if you saw Dalton Ross's article that he released yesterday, but also the lead singer of the rock band at Ponderosa that was created by Coach. So, the you know, dragons. obviously, uh, uh, Courtney, you know, great with confessionals, great personality, would just be a great character to have back for third time to charm. All right. So for my third selection of the night, I'm going to roll with, you know, another old school player. Uh, somebody who played in seasons nine and 16, I'm going with Eliza. Um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of people want to see Eliza back. Uh, she is actually current. She's actually interesting fact. She's currently running for Manhattan district attorney, uh, which is pretty cool. But in terms of her survivor gameplay, um, obviously comes in fourth in season nine, known for going against the black widow brigade in season 16 in Micronesia. And of course she's part of one of the most, memorable moments in survivor micronesia where she where it's either her jason going home jason wins immunity and jason is willing to give her the uh, give and jason is willing to give her his idol which turns out to be quote from her an effing stick so you know something that you know one of those moments that once when adam tried to when adam tried to grab the idol off the podium in this season winners of war all i could think about was eliza where just she had the stick and then she tried to play the stick and the stick gets thrown into the fire. And that's how she goes home, you know, in, in Micronesia. But I'd love to see her get a third chance for sure. I was considering Eliza. I obviously both a great character and a pretty good player. The only reason I didn't have her on my draft board was because she is running for Manhattan DA. So again, I know these kind of like our, our hopes and dreams for the ballots, but I also try to have some sense of, you know, realism to them. I mean, obviously, if it's Legends, then we can go with our pipe dreams. But if Eliza's running for Manhattan DA, if Penner's taking care of his wife, and we're not going to really see them again, I didn't want to put them on the board. But I think it's a great pick, though. Yeah, you know, you know, you never know what could happen five, five, ten years down the road. So might as yeah. well throw her in the cast. Go for <laughs> All right, Hef, you are up again. You know, let's keep Micronesia going with a pretty famous player. You might know him from his infamously stupid move. I am talking about Eric, the ice cream, a scooper. So, yeah, Eric was, Eric was pretty good at Micronesia. He will always be known for giving up immunity and getting voted out in that same in that same tribal council. Don't know what he was doing. That move will always drive me bongos. And... I mean, yeah, when I, want a, when I want a third chance season, I want entertainment. Eric was good entertainment throughout the season, and I want to see him try to redeem himself in a third chance in a third chance uh, season. What do you guys think? And you can't forget in uh, season 26, he ultimately gets pulled at, I believe, final five for medical yep. reasons. So somebody who many, many people think could have won the season had he remained in the game, considering he was maybe more of a challenge threat than, I mean, maybe not that season, but like maybe he beats Cochran in an immunity challenge. Cochran ends up going home and then who who's going to be the one to win? It could have really been Eric if he had stayed in the game. So look, I think Eric is an entertaining player. He's notoriously known for the dumbest move in survivor history and unfortunately did get medevac that third, that second time. So I think he also deserves a third chance. It's a good pick, Hef. Yeah, Thank you. The only question I have is, does he get, in the same place twice, three times in a row. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he would get fifth place three times in a row, but I mean, obviously Eric is a well-known player in survivor history, maybe not for the best reasons, but I mean, I guess I could see maybe could he change his game up for a third time? Will he place fifth again? It could be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. All right, Ryan, your turn. My turn. Give me Terry Dietz, Dylan. For sure. I need Terry D. Basically, somebody who got a second chance, but for the right reasons, had to leave the game due to uh, a family emergency. This guy definitely deserves a third chance at the game. Um, One of the very few members, as we all know, Hef is a big challenge buff and likes his uh, challenge beasts, 
is one of the members of the esteemed five immunity wins club for the men, joining the ranks of, you know, Mike Holloway and Kobe Donaldson and Brad Culpepper. Although obviously he played before most of them. So he's one of the first ones to do it. Terry was a challenge beast. If he gets to the end of Panama, he wins hands down. The jury basically said, you know, I kind of wish Shane even said verbatim. We kind of all wish Terry was sitting there instead of you, you two to Aris and Danielle. So Terry is amazing. Um, obviously, he's also known for having a big, big clash with Aris and kind of like a pseudo father and son type of uh, relationship. But Terry is great. I think he came back in second chance and tried to play an old school game, and I don't think it worked. I know he had a lead for family reasons, but it was kind of hinted at in the edit that with Wentworth and Terry at the bottom of Takeo at the Swap Tribe – it sounded like, you know, she was kind of throwing Terry under the bus to the rest of the old Bion members. And I feel like if Terry didn't get medevaced and they lost immunity, not medevaced, if he didn't leave for the family emergency and they lost immunity, he probably would have went home. So I feel like now he deserves a third chance. And I kind of want to see if he's learned and will change it up for a third time. Look, if if Terry Dietz wants to come back to Survivor, I think he will get his third chance. So I think that this would be the perfect season to have on. Would not be surprised if he comes back eventually. So good pick, Ryan. Thank you. All right. So for my fourth pick, so we're at the halfway point of the draft. This is going fast. We're halfway done already. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, when there's when there's not that much controversy over picks, when you know when people aren't picking Brandon Hans, when <laughs> people aren't, you know, when when there's not a uh, wide range of scenarios. Look, we're, we're moving. The draft is moving tonight. Uh, but anyway, my next pick is going to be Ty. So I uh, Ty, obviously, um, very rec- my first new school player, uh, played in seasons 32, 34, uh, is, I believe, in second place for most idols found in one season. He found three in Game Changers, I, I believe. He found one in Korong. He is the idol magnet as Hef likes to call him. Um, I think that, you know, I think that Ty is a great TV character. I think that um, if he did not do so bad at final tribal council and maybe had a little bit better relationships, I think he would have had a, a little bit more of a shot in Korong. I think he played a pretty solid game despite, you know, what, what ended up happening. Um, same thing with, same thing with game changers is Brad Culpepper was hell bent on getting Ty out. Everyone wanted to get Ty out because he was seen as such a threat as such a threat. So I think he could easily come back and, I would not be surprised if he does. So, Ty. I love Ty. Love uh, I have a hot take here. I'm yeah. not too big on Ty for a third chance. Um, I don't know. I feel like I kind of got everything that I wanted to out of Ty in two runs. Basically, he's a player that will always get to the end because he's good at challenges. He's well-liked. Um, but I just feel like he doesn't have the chops needed to get to the end and win. I mean – you could say, yeah, he's well-liked, but he got to the end of uh, Korong and got swept out um, to Michelle and Aubrey. And I think we saw in Game Changers, kind of like Ben and Winners at War, when Rob asked Ben, who's voting for me? And Ben was like, humana, 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 humana. The same thing happened to, uh, you know, Ty and Sari when Sari says, hey, Ty, you know, is Ozzy have any beef with me from Micronesia? Like, are we are we good? And then Ty's like, I, I, I don't know. I have a feeling you guys are okay. And he completely just looked like the cat that swallowed the canary. I feel like Ty is a great guy. And I think the fans love Ty in the new school era, but I don't know for me, I'm not too bullish on a third chance for Ty trying. He's an idol magnet. Come on. That's all you need. I, I love idol magnets. I think, look, if Ty gets in the season, it's because he's the idol magnet. I'm not, you know, I, I agree with you that there are major flaws in his game. But I think he's pretty well liked, and I think that he could possibly get that third chance. Speaking of idol magnets, I'm going to draft Ben. No, I'm not actually. I don't. Want to draft <laughs> he he's a he's a former winner. He's ineligible. Oh, oh that is true. I forgot that rule. <laughs> I don't want him anyway. I'll tell you who I do want. This guy is an idol magnet. This guy is a challenge beast. This guy plays a strong strategic game. He's the full package. Eh, he's actually none of those things. I'm talking about Captain Underpants, the federal <laughs> agent himself, Philip Shepard, given to me. <laughs> the most entertaining player I've ever seen in my life, and I have to. I'm going to end it right there. No further reasoning why Philip needs to be on this on the season. So one thing that we do always talk about is how 
you know, you don't, when you're building a cast, you don't want, you don't want a game where it's going to be, everyone's going to be so strategic. You want the character, you want at least one or two great characters. And I'll never forget um, season 26, the finale, Rob goes up to give his rule book to, that was basically inspired by Philip, his rule book, Boston Rob's rule book to Philip on stage. And is like, you're one of the best characters I've ever seen on the show. And I just think Philip being thrown on on any season is instant entertain entertainment. It's a reason for people to watch. And I do have a hot take about Philip um, that I want to share. I think that his game in Caramoan was very very solid and may have very been very underrated. Yeah, very underrated. He pretty much strung together a whole alliance. And whether you want to clown it for the ridiculous names, you could. But that was a legit alliance, and they were running things for a while. And he did end up leaving by a double idol play, I believe, from Reynolds and Malcolm. So. Look, if, if Philip were to be on a third third chance, I don't think anybody would be complaining. This guy's instant entertainment. Bird, while I agree with you that he played a pretty strong and underrated game, I can't stop laughing when you talk about him. I, I <laughs> love this guy. Yeah, I do also. All right. Ryan's pick now. Yeah, I didn't have any more comments about Philip at all. Um, <laughs> wait, time out, time out. I didn't coin the nickname Captain Underpants, did I? No. I, I, I severely doubt after after season twenty two, you're the only person to ever call Phillips <laughs> pink. So you don't know for sure. What? But you don't know for sure. You can go on the Reddit and look it up. I mean, I don't know. All right, I will. I will take credit for it then, Un- unless it's proven otherwise. I will take credit for calling Philip Shepard Captain Underpants. Go for right. it. You should buy his book, uh, The Costa Rica Job. Um, <laughs> he has a book. Yes, he has a book. He's an author. I am absolutely going to buy that book. <laughs> All right, Ryan, go for it. Okay. Oh, this is so hard because now we're down to six. I only have six people in total, three people left, and I'm trying to pick an even number of men and women, so I only have a few spots left. Urgh, this is hard. There's Okay, there's two guys I have on my list left to take, and I just hope that Dylan takes one of them because I want them both on this cast. Um, but i got to pick a female next. Okay. Okay, give me – okay, this might be a hot take. I don't know. But this is a woman who played a long time ago. She came back for a second chance, and I think she should have been on Game Changers instead of Haley and Sierra. Give me Kimmy Kappenberg. Wow. And here is yeah. why. First of all, Kimmy Packen- Kappenberg, I would say if you look at people's records, maybe other than Wentworth, and obviously Jeremy, because Jeremy won. Other than Wentworth, I would say the most improved award goes to Kimmy Kappenberg. Also, like Wentworth, by the way, she places in um, fifth voted out or sixth voted out in her first season like Wentworth, and they have pretty similar trajectories. Kimmy basically took her second chance and ran with it, pulling off a 3-2-1. Look, I'm a big three field fan. If you pull off a 3-2-1, you're automatically getting 10 points in my book. Pulls off a 3-2-1 to blindside Monica at the pre-merge. Something we've never really seen before done. Um, because she's like, you know what? I want to roll with Bion Strong and the guys. She wants to pull in Wigglesworth and the girls. I don't like that. No pumpkin, no. I'm taking her out. She then basically almost takes out Jeremy at the final six if it wasn't for his idol. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. If she doesn't, if she knows Jeremy has an idol, she might pull off a 3-2-1 against Tasha there. And Tasha goes home. And a lot of the jury members said, Jeremy was our top choice. We love Wentworth. But if Kimmy was there with Spencer, Tasha, or Keith, the jury said Kimmy Kappenberg wins second chance. The jury – because, listen, you have to take into account a lot of people on the second chance jury are parents. Cass, Savage, Wigglesworth, Sierra, their parents. That's why they voted for Jeremy. They want a parent to win the game. It, there's a connection. Tef, there's a – you just said yourself. You're a st- strategic player – you don't focus on the social. There's a lot of human element there with being a parent. And I think if, and obviously look, I thought Jeremy should have won second chance and he did. Wentworth was my second favorite choice, but the jury said if those two weren't there and it was like Tasha or um, Keith there, Kimmy Kappenberg could have won the season because she definitely exemplified what a second chance is. And you know what? For her three, two, one moves and how hard she played, I would have rather have seen her than Haley or Sierra. Maybe that's a hot take. Hef, hef hyperventilating at the thought of Spencer losing the Kimmy. Yeah, seriously. All right, PSA to everyone that wants to be on Survivor, 
Don't work out so you're in great physical shape. Don't train your brain to play a strong strategic game. Just have a kid, and that will be the trick to winning. All you need is to be a parent, apparently. Are you saying King won the season? Are you saying she wasn't strategic? Was she more strategic than Spencer Bledsoe? Get out of here. Are you kidding me? She was more well-liked. So Are I have a third-party non-biased statement here. I would say that, yes, I think Spencer would have won. And I think he could have won, but I do think that his I do think that his social game may have turned off some people. We saw that I don't think Wentworth ever votes for for Spencer if he's there. I really don't. Um, you saw how angry she was at him when he pulled that move at final four, I guess. So I think that while I think that Spencer probably would have won, I think I don't think it's far fetched to think that Kimmy would have got some votes at all. She should she should not have won. And I'm glad that, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm, I'm glad just saying, that scenario has never played out, and it's I'm gonna have nightmares about it later tonight. As listen, all. I didn't say she should have won second chance. I said that Wentworth and Jeremy were the most deserving too. But if they weren't there, and yes, maybe Spencer could have did, did a good job, but she would have. If let's just say hypothetically, it's her, Tasha, and Keith. She smokes Tasha and Keith. I think, and I think Kimmy played better than Tasha and Keith, honestly, for a third second chance. Yeah, saying. That she played better than Keith is like not that big of a compliment. Well, she played better than Tasha. I'll give her that. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We we had our first contro- controversy the night. It's it's good to be back. I love. I we're we're, we're back. Two two weeks since we've gone live and we got a heated argument. I mean, I love you love to see it. So if we are done arguing this, then I'm gonna go on and make my fifth selection. Before you do that, now that I'm looking at who you just picked. Ty, I want to talk about Ty's first season. Why was Ty on the Beauty Tribe? <laughs> no offense, no offense Cause, to you. Cause he, <laughs> why were you, you on the Beauty Tribe? Because he wasn't on. Because he wasn't brawn and he wasn't a brain. I, I don't know. That's just the way they did it. I don't know. He's, he's, and, he's, oh, he's pretty good looking, but I wouldn't say he's because he sees the beauty in animals and nature. He understands the beauty That's of right. the world. He says himself, he's like, I don't know why I'm here with these guys, but like I see beauty in the world, so maybe that's why I'm here. I love it. All right. Next pick. I'm gonna go with another old school player. Um, I know I you know, this is the first draft we're really getting some good old school people in, which I love to see. I'm gonna take Danielle from season twelve and season twenty. Um yeah, season 12, she comes in second place uh, next to Aris and then comes back and was a pretty good villain in, you know, here in season 20, Heroes vs. Villains, but kind of gets, I think her, her, the, like her entire personality and her way as a villain, I think slightly gets overshadowed by the fact that she's on the same, tri- that she's on the best tribe pretty much of all time with, you know, ru- and in the alliance with Russell and Poverty, let alone. So, you know, I think that there were some very under- underrated moments with Danielle in Heroes Villains. One of them is where she's wrestling Amanda for the clue um, in the reward. I don't know if you guys remember that. But anyway, I think another reason why I'm picking Danielle here um, is because, I don't know if you guys know this, but she was rumored to be back with, to come back with Coach for season 38, Edge of Extinction. And her and Coach ended up declining or something happened with it. Um, so I don't think Survivor has forgot about Danielle. I think that, you know, she's still young if she wants to come back. And I think that she's somebody that could easily, you know, d- easily is deserving of a third chance. I, I like yeah. to see, let, let's just say, I'd like to see what happens when maybe she's more on her own and not with Russell and Parvary, let's say. I agree. I like SP fan uh, his comments in the chat that probably just want to watch Treasure Island. Uh <laughs> Uh, God, after this podcast, I might go back and watch the uh, Treasure Island scene. <laughs> That's a great comment. I forgot about that. Yeah, that they're, they're fighting over the clue and the popcorn. And, and then Daniel's like, Kobe, did you see a man just tackled me? And he's like, I just wanted to watch Treasure Island. I don't know. That's really funny. They, they should have, you know, that's like, that was such a stereotypical, like, old school reward. They should have more of those. I don't, maybe, I don't really know. They don't, they don't even show rewards anymore, but. You know, you get some entertaining scenes out of rewards. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hef, your pick. So you guys know you guys know who I love. You know the type of player I love. We, we know that I love Brad Culpepper, and we know that I love Challenge Beasts. Combine the two, and you get a Monica Cul- Monica Culpepper. <laughs> I love Monica Culpepper. 
in my opinion, she is the most dominant woman in individual immunities in individual immunities I've ever seen. Probably better, better than Laura Moret. I think I think that she was better than Laura Moret. I, I don't know why, but I, I thought that she was more she was more commanding in those challenges. They were much harder, and I think she had stricter harder competition. Well, she won. What did she, what did she sorry, sorry to interrupt you. What did she? She won the eating competition. What else did she? Did she win others? She won two or three more, right? Maybe. Yeah, Ryan. How many did she win? She definitely won more than one. Monica Culpepper won three in the individual immunities in Blood versus Water. All right, go go on, go on. I loved Monica Culpepper, and I don't know why she got so much hate at the end because <laughs> people were attacking her and railing <laughs> on her because she wasn't like open that much this is like one of the nicest people i've ever seen on tv she was so sweet the entire season and everybody is like destroying her like she's this evil person just because she might have been on the shire side or because she didn't open up to everybody and it wasn't all kumbaya with her you guys know what i'm saying she's like the nicest person ever i think that i think maybe like i honestly felt bad for her i think maybe people thought she was like almost like too nice to the point where they thought she was being fake is that possible i don't like that she's a nice person she's a nice lady (laughs) <laughs> god megan megan stole my comment in the chat <laughs> megan and sp fan let's do it for monica do it for monica it for monica and then yeah. sp fan says have you all never met a neat lady oh my god <laughs> monica's great and brad if you want to uh keep gushing over the peppers, i have some more um news for you monica and brad not only are both second place finishers so they both made it to day 39 However, they both also placed on day 15 voted out in their first season. So husband and wife voted out day 15 on their first seasons. And then this, their second seasons, they, um, well, actually technically I think Brad was voted out before day 15, but then you factor in redemption Island, et cetera. But day 15, their first time day 39, the second time they are a match made. That is by far the best survivor couple. Uh, Robin Amber, <laughs> I was like thinking to myself for a second. I was like, oh God. Anyway, I also want to give them a shout out because their son plays for Penn State football. Yes. Yeah. Shout out, Judge. <laughs> All right. Ryan, your pick. Okay. I'll tell you the last two guys. I've, I've done pretty well. Most of my big board is gone. Um, I have two guys left and uh, two females left. So I'm hoping Dylan or Hef takes the last guy. We'll actually have to use up all those three guys. Um, Dylan, I'm considering either Stephen Fishback or Yao Man Chan. All right. Well, both are on my big board. I was, I, I was probably not going to take Yao Man. So if I were to, if 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 I were advising you on who you who you want to go off the board, well, like, listen, you, you want to definitely be taken. So I would take him here. Yes, I, I would like a fishy. So if you can tell me that you'll take Fishback, then I will take Yao Man. All right, I'm fine with that. Okay, Yao Man, basically is like a Rupert where in the old school era, one of the most popular players, you know, ever when he walks out in fans versus favorites, I mean, Hef, Hef, do you remember? I'm just asking you, do you remember back in Micronesia popular season? They're introducing them one by one, right? The favorites to the fans. Yao man walks out. I mean, Ozzy obviously is popular, but Yao man walked out the fan. What's up? They loved Yao man. The the fans went insane. (laughs) For Yao man. But Yao Man is so well-liked. He not only found idols in Fiji, um, and Fiji's not a very popular season, I get that, but one of the best parts of Fiji is Yao Man-chan. He found immunity idols. He made a fake one, although it wasn't that great. He put, put I-I on a coconut called immunity idol. Um, wasn't that great of a fake. But idols were new. Man, you didn't know what they looked like. They were new. Um, and the only reason he doesn't do well in Micronesia is because Sari Field, the great Sari Field, says Yao Man's a threat. He is going to get an idol and take us out all out. I like Adam's comment in the chat. His dreams were crushed. Um, basically referencing what I was about to say, where the most, one of the biggest moves in history, it's in the history books where Yao gives up the car to dreams. And um, yeah, basically he says, look, if you're in the final four together and you win immunity, you give it to me. And then dreams goes back on his word. Yao Man doesn't win, gets placed fourth. If Yao gets to the end, Yao wins. And honestly, I didn't think it was that bad of a move, honestly. I mean, Jeff even said, Yao, you're basically saying to him, 
you both have to be there in the end for this deal to work and he has to win immunity so if any other amalgamation happens this deal is null and void and he's like yeah i know but i'll still make the deal it happens and then dreams takes him out so i think yao is a really good strategic player i feel like he's kind of out of the scene i don't think we'll ever see yao again but i love yao man yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know, especially because the, the fans were so excited to see him. It's unfortunate he did go out so early in Micronesia. But yeah, I, you know, good good to have him on this cast. Um, and now I'll explain my pick. We uh, we obviously, me and Ryan had a deal. So I'm going to take Stephen Fishback, who was on, you know, one of the next on my list. Uh, Stephen Fishback comes in second to JT and Token Teens. Um, and then I believe he got, he, he, he was zero votes, right? Against JT? Yeah. Yeah, gets shut out 7-0. Right. Yeah, he got so he gets shut out against JT, but gets there. And then um played a pretty 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 solid game in second chance and ends up um being a victim of Spencer having a very good move. Um, but yeah, I you know, Fishback, obviously he's a notable know it all. I think it's pretty funny that we both that we have Rob as a podcast. We have both Rob and Steven both on the season. Um Steven's one of the most not you know, he's one of the most knowledgeable survivor players ever he knows the game like the back of his hand so anytime you anytime you have and you know he's the way he talks is so for confessionals is great because he's just you could tell he just he runs just he runs scenarios through his head like non-stop it's pretty crazy um but you want me to tell you who i was also considering for this pick and if i had taken this guy over fishback i think you guys would have been you you guys probably would have been annoyed with me but i probably would not have done it because i told you i told you before i told you before we're going i said we need to have some characters on this cast, but since Philip is on the ca- this cast, I would be more apt to do a strategic player here rather than Keith Nell, who I was going to possibly put on this cast. Um, and I was the reason why I was potentially thinking about putting Keith on this cast is because one, he is while he's not the most strategic guy ever, you know, pretty good physical player, um, you know, pretty solid in immunity in immunity challenges, and. He's so I didn't I don't think I realized how like beloved Keith is like I was watching I actually saw recently a rerun of like the uh Worlds Apart finale where they uh where they they have the second chance guys they they announce who who's on second chance they're about you know they have the suitcases ready they're literally wearing what they wore on the season they're ready to go right out and Keith when Jeff was going down the row he was like you have a second chance you have a second chance he gets to Keith Keith, before Jeff is even able to say anything, just goes, faces the crowd and puts his, both of his hands up and the crowd just goes crazy. And I just like, it gives me, it gave, it gave me chills. I was like, everyone loves Keith so much. He's just like, great guy. So that's why I considered him for this cast. We'll consider him an honorable mention unless, um, oh no, well, you guys all have um, three guys already. So it's not like he'll be on one of your, ca- one of your tribes, but we'll consider Keith an honorable mention. Dylan, I'm a little disappointed. You stuck to our deal, but you did not stick to the plan. By not taking Keith Nail, um, <laughs> but no, I mean I, I love Keith Nail. Who, who doesn't love Keith Nail? Yeah, I mean you got You got to have some character. I would love. I would. I, Keith's a little bit older, so I don't know if he'd come back. But I love Keith. Is just so entertaining. Survivor's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. He's like I hate being not fun. <laughs> but Hef, your last pick. My last pick is an entertainer. Loved watching her in each of her seasons. I thought she got cut short. Both times. Michaela Bradshaw, welcome to the Hef Tribe. My final pick, I, I loved watching Michaela in both her seasons. I thought that Jay really screwed her over in Millennials versus Gen X, and she got screwed over by the person that I really don't like and that only she should have won, Sarah Lucina. Another reason I have a grudge against Sarah Lucina, she took my girl Michaela out. But Michaela's really entertaining. I would love to see her play a third time. What do you guys think? As I you know, we, we've said this in the past because she's been, I believe she was on, was she on our Heroes Villains tribe? She uh, she was. She was on our cast for that, right? Michaela? No, I think she was an honorable mention, I thought. Okay. Well, we, we definitely discussed her and she was like, when when she gets voted out so early in Millennials Gen X, that was such an infuriating episode because I was ready to see her go like, look, I would have been fine if she had like made the merge and was like a Christian vote out where she gets voted out like seventh is like the most beloved but she got cut so early. It was good to see her back game changer. And I believe she finished in seventh or eighth. So, uh, yeah, did it, eighth or ninth, tenth, one, somewhere around in that range. I don't, Ryan, do you have the exact number for me? For what? Uh, game changers? Yeah. Yeah, seventh place. That's the, uh, that's, that's the tribal where Sari tries to take Sarah's vote and uh, Mikhail still goes home. Right. 
Right. So yeah, I would love to see Michaela back. I think I had her on my big board also. I just didn't get around to picking her. So great, great pick, Hef. Thank you. Yeah, I know we 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 have to, you know, Hef Hef got bashed in the comments for his draft last last uh, casting draft, but I gotta say you made up for it pretty well here. I wanted to say about Michaela is one of my favorite confessionals ever is the um the basket brawl challenge or the uh the water challenge in uh, Millennials Gen X, and then her bathing suit top gets ripped off, and all she said is you know what? I wanted to win for my tribe. So y'all about to see some tatas today. So <laughs> she's love, so love Michaela. You know, what honestly, SP fan in the chat brings up a good point though. It's like, you know, if you have Michaela and Eliza on the same season, yeah. it's going to be a battle of, you know, facial expressions. Also Michaela, and this is kind of like, um, underrated thing. Michaela is a game changer for what she did in game changers. She's the first person yeah. ever to bring props to tribal council. I've never seen before where JT gets blindsided and then she's just sipping her water like this. <laughs> and then when Debbie gets voted out, she's eating her popcorn or she's eating her little uh, coconut um, shavings or whatever it was. I've never seen anybody. Um, I've never seen anybody bring props to travel before and use them, but that was a game changing move right there. So also, um, I don't know if you would consider this game changing, but how can we forget that she was sitting on the bench in the reward in the challenge with a clue right under her and she completely didn't see it. And then that was very bad. But yeah, so I guess you could call that game changing kind of, but not really, but like inadvertently. Wait, is that the reward? Is that what Sarah got to vote her out? Who got that? Was that when Sarah got the legacy challenge? Is that a legacy advantage? So that was the no. challenge where that was the whole Sari balance beam challenge. Um, and then Michaela didn't get picked, so she was on the bench. Oh, and... no, no, no. Okay, right. So, well, no, Sarah got the legacy advantage from yeah. Sierra. But what what, what was that advantage again? Was it a... No, Sarah got the steal a vote advantage. The legacy right, she got from Sierra. Right, she got the legacy from Sierra. So, yeah. So she got that advantage because Michaela missed it, and that's how Michaela got voted out? Yeah. Honestly, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I, look, I, I I can't say Game Changers was the most memorable season ever. So memorable memorable cast, not a memorable season. So I remember one person on that cast extremely well. <laughs> the guy who should have won. Hef, look, you know you know what we were talking about that we one day may have to do a Survivor Hot Takes podcast because we have Hef here who just throws out ridiculous stuff every every single time we podcast. So <laughs> I speak the truth. I speak the truth that the people demand. <laughs> but anyway, last pick of the whole draft before we go into honorable mentions, Ryan. Hef, I have just one question for you. And if you answer this question correctly, I will vote for you. Will you vote for me if you take out your damn teeth? <laughs> Give me Brenda from Nicaragua and Caramel. And Dawn, I want you to take out your teeth. I think Brenda would be really cool for a third chance um basically brenda as marty piombo once said by the way we never talk about marty on the podcast marty is a very underrated strategic player um he calls her when he votes for her the black mamba king cobra and the black widow all rolled up into one she's a great strategic villain in nicaragua comes back a little bit older in caramel and Kind of goes very under the radar. She only has a few confessionals the whole season, but she's well liked. She's playing a good social game, and she finds Dawn's teeth, and then she gives Dawn the family member, and then Dawn promptly votes her out, and then Brenda comes back and says, "Dawn, take out your teeth." Um, but no, I think Brenda, and, and now she has a kid because she actually was pregnant at the time of the uh, at the time of the Caramon finale. So I feel like if Brenda wants to come back now that she's older and she's a mom, kind of like Parvati, but like her daughter is not 10 months old. Her daughter is now a lot older. I feel like I want to see another Brenda run. Yeah. Brenda very flew completely under the radar in Caramo and she got like no confessionals. Like I remember watching that season and being like, like what, like she's there, but she's not like on screen at all. And then, you know, she kind of comes on strong at the very end. Like I don't, I don't remember the exact place she gets voted at. What is it, like sixth or seventh, maybe sixth, sixth, right? So she gets, so she gets voted at sixth. And you know, right before she got voted out, like the couple episodes before, she got a decent amount of airtime. And I was like, oh well, now like welcome. But like, but uh, yeah, she obviously one of the most memorable final tribal questions of all time. Pretty ridiculous, but like 
also grounds for being a villain in, in whatever season she goes on. So, yeah, I think it's a good pick, Ryan. Thank you. All right, so now that we have finished the cast, so I got to say first, this is one of my favorite casts. I think now we only done three, but I think this is this is a really solid cast. I got to say, I agree. Um, I think this is a diverse cast, not just in you know demographic, but also in seasons. We have a lot of old school. We have a decent amount of no school, and maybe our least ever out of the three drafts are least new school. But I think this is a really varied cast. This is a great one. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. And people are commenting in the chat, like Abby and stuff. Abby. I didn't want to. I didn't want to overdo second chance because they were already on for second chance. So would they be on for third chance? Like maybe, but yeah, we have Terry who ended up getting medevaced. So, um, well, not medevaced, but he had to leave because of his son. So I, I'm fine with him being on it. And then Kimmy Spencer and Fishback are only other ones from second chance. So we only look. We had four out of eighteen from second chance. Not bad at all. Great mix of old school and new school. And um, I'm ready to talk about honorable mentions here. I had already mentioned that I wanted to throw Keith in this somewhere. Um, we had somebody comment Abby. Um, I'll read to you some other players that were on my list that did not get taken. So Jervis, I know we spoke about him, but Jervis is so entertaining. Like no one would be complaining if he was back. Um, this is an interesting one. I had uh, Sue Hawk. Ooh. Good. You know, obviously Sue Hawk goes out you know, quits the game in all stars, unfortunately, because of the whole incident with Richard, but she has one of the most famous jury speeches ever in season one, where she talks about the snake eating the rat, referring to the snake, referring, comparing the snake to Richard and the rat to Wigglesworth. So, and, you know, obviously great character, you know, she, obviously she's a lot older now, but I think it would be a pretty solid if we casted her. Um, then I had Tasha down. Um, somebody who goes very under the radar. I know she, you know, many feel she didn't play a great game because in second chance, because she was like, you know, you felt like Jeremy and Spencer were making most of, most of the strategic moves um, based on the way it was edited, but really good uh, individual immunity challenges also was very good in Kageon. So I'd be fine if Tasha was on this as well. Do you guys have any other names that you would like to share? I have five names. Have, do you have any other names? Um. So I was passionate about so I, I was passionate about philip being on this cast however if philip for some reason couldn't be on the cast i wanted to really cast francesca or francesca <laughs> his rival um i also considered putting david right in there yeah we had somebody comment david sp fan 68 also just commented david yeah i had i had david originally i had david on my list and i had i had cut him out i would not complain if he was on there either very very strategically sounds like good player yeah, no, I like both the David and the Francesca picks. Uh, the only reason I didn't put her on my team was because Philip was here. I honestly, I know she's the only player in history to ever get voted out first twice, but I really think a big variable there is because Philip is on both of her tribes. I think if Philip's not on her tribe or if Philip's not on her season, I think she can go far. She obviously is really good physically and strategically. Um, I know Dylan loves his physical challenge. You remember in the first challenge of Caramo when she takes Matt and just slams him down Yeah, that water slaughter challenge. Um, and I just think that she just got a raw deal both times with Phillip. So if we ever do a first boot draft or a pre-merge draft or whatever, I feel she's got to be on there. I think she could do well. As for the four that weren't taken from me, actually I only have three now, now that we mentioned Francesca, only three left. Uh, for the men, the only man I didn't have drafted a couple people said it in the chat was lex lex Van vandenberg uh from africa and from all stars i think lex is a really interesting old school player who obviously is a bit strategic and villainous and bet betrayed a lot of allies and all stars and then boston rob puts a knife in his back it's part of survivor history same actually for all stars i had kathy from arcasis and all stars kathy also gets stabbed in the back by rob and she gives I know we all love our jury speeches. I know Hef loves his big emotional jury speeches. And Kathy gives one of the most. You were like a son to me. What's up? She, you were like a son to me, right? Didn't she say that to Rob? Yeah, she was like, Rob, you were like a son to me. And you kind of used friends as like stepping stones. And I would have wanted like an ounce of respect. But you know what? She voted for him. She still votes for him. That's how <laughs> you be a, that is how you're a jury member. Either you vote for the person who played the best game. Well, you should always vote for the person who played the best game but you either commend them or you get all your feelings out, but you still vote for them. Same thing with Kat in one world. She kind of like says, Kim, you broke my heart, but you know what? I'll give you my vote anyway. So Kathy's great. We all love Kathy. You got to respect the game. You're not on the island to make friends. 
have you have to understand there is a social, a physical, and strategical element. You cannot treat people like playing cards. I think and you should be able to. No. We see it in playing the game with a lot of adults. And by adults, I even include the 16-year-olds that Jeff says can be on next on the next season that he's casting. I yeah, want but there, there, but but Hef, but Hef, there's a way, there's a way to play people like playing cards and also create the relationships needed to win the game. So like so for, so, I don't think you should need to make people your best friends in order in order to win. If I'm on there, I want to be treated like a dog if that's what it takes for that person to make it to the end. Half you say that listen, trust me, you say that in the moment, but if you are on a season with the moment, I, I mean I'll, I'll say Spencer, but if you are on the show with like one of your idols or with your one of your best allies and they cut you at third place and you are one day away from winning a million dollars, I guarantee you that you'll Good be better. For you. Good for you. You'll, you'll be better. I guarantee you. You, you had you sold me. No way. <laughs> anyway, uh, really quickly, the last honorable mention I had was PG from China and Cambodia. I think the fa- the fans love PG, and I think being on a trip with Abby kind of gave her a raw deal. So I would love to see more PG. Yeah, I I think that all your picks are your honorable mentions are interesting. I I would have never taken Lex. I'm not a Lex fan. Um, I just think that he was like one of the biggest hypocrites I've ever seen. In, yeah, in, he was, he was. In, in all stars, the fact that he he was the one going up to, you know, going up to Ethan, going up to Ethan and going up to Jerry and was like, I'm gonna like tonight I have to vote you out. Like I know we're friends outside the game, but like this is a game and I need to vote you out. You know, this is the first season where there was pre-existing relationships in the season. Um, but then for you know, for the whole Rob thing to happen, and he basically does the same thing without letting him know that he's gonna get voted out. Or does does he let him know? I don't remember. But, you know, just for him to attack Rob like he did for something that he had done to Ethan and Jerry, you know, in, in a similar way, it just it didn't rub, it didn't rub me the right way. Let's just say that <laughs> I thought it was very wrong. So I would not put Lex on a on a uh, on a third third time to charm cast. But there were rumors that he was asked to be back for season 40 had they do, had they had winner had they done like a champions versus contenders type season. So I, you know, maybe he will be back one day. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I think you bring up some good points. Obviously, that's why he was one of my honorable mentions and wasn't on my cast. I mean, I, you brought up some great points with him and Rob's whole storyline. But I, I still think, you know, if we want to see some old school players, Lex is a great villain to come back for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we'll just we'll talk about a few things we have coming up. So uh, we, we had been discussing casting drafts that we're going to do in the future somebody said in the chat to do legends next we will eventually do legends but it's not gonna be the next one we do the next one that we are going to do is drum roll we're doing we haven't we haven't come up with an official title yet for it but we are doing best to never win survivor casting draft next week uh wednesday night 8 p.m i want to actually i want to make this 20 people and not 18 just so we get more people in because it is best to never win it's some of the best best players ever to play. So I'm excited for that. Um, anything else you guys want to say? I saw a really interesting comments earlier in the chat and I feel like it would be hard to do, but somebody, Adam Michael said in the chat, um, can we cast for a purple season? And that's a really interesting idea for a draft, but I feel like that'd be really hard to do. Do you guys know what he means by a purple season? Is that like, I've definitely heard it before, but buff, is that-, that what means? What's up? No. Buff. No, purple. Basically, in the fan community, whenever we say someone's getting like a purple edit, it means that you don't see them. So kind of like, um, oh. do you guys remember Chelsea from Ghost Island? You never saw Chelsea like once on the show, like somebody that you never see on the show. So I feel like kind of like Brenda in Caramoan. Brenda yeah, got a purple right. edit. You never saw Brenda. I feel like that would be hard to draft, but I'd be so interested to think about like purple people that could be on the season. We like, would have. Who? Yeah, we we would have to we would have to like look up like least confessionals in each season to like draft. Yeah. That's actually interesting though. I actually like that idea a lot. I'm I'll pretty sure Brenda got one confessional in the premiere of Caramoan and then went like six episodes in a row or seven without getting a single confessional until like the final like nine or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to. I would That's really because obviously like the people who get purple edits, you don't really remember them unless they like are a finalist. But like, right? I would I would have to I would have to think about that and do a lot mm-hmm. of research for that. But that's an interesting one. Uh, but- I, also, I also want to acknowledge Sam Cheatham's comment that my tribe is stacked for tribal immunity. We, we got a bunch of beasts on my tribe. <laughs> they're they're all going to the merge, baby. They're not, they're not losing a single challenge. 
We we know we know Hef loves his uh, physical play. They're all going to the merge. Hef loves the outplay third. <laughs> but yeah, another another thing. Um, we actually just created an Instagram yesterday. So if you have Instagram, follow us at Soul Survivor Pod. Um, subscribe here to us on YouTube. Like this video; it helps us a lot. Be sure to comment also, and we will be back next week with. We'll come up with an official title for it, but best to never win. Got nothing else for you. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.